So Happy New Year. With us today is Admiral Jim Stavridis, Supreme Allied Commander of NATO Forces for four years, one of the smartest guys I know, and uh, he was at the U.S. Navy for 37 years. He now is Global Chair of Carlisle Group. Happy New Year, Admiral Stavridis. How are you today? I am terrific, my dear friend, John. It's good to be in touch, and we've got a lot going on in the world. Now, if we start off with uh, Russia and Ukraine, uh, the American people, by and large, a lot, don't believe in what Russia is saying, and a lot of them don't believe what uh, the Ukraine is saying. Uh, the Ukraine the other day uh, put out a uh, edict uh, that uh, they're controlling their, uh, their media on what they're allowed to say. Uh, can you give the American people your feeling of what the heck is going on uh, between the two? And uh, are we going to see peace? Is it going to escalate? First, we need to avoid, in my view, in any way uh, equating the behavior of Russia to the behavior of Ukraine. Russia is led by a ruthless dictator who's invaded a neighbor, conducted massive war crimes, is bombing, killing, raping, and torturing. That's what's happening from the Kremlin and Russia. On the Ukrainian side, you have a democratically elected leader, Volodymyr Zelensky, who has very heroically rallied his people in the face of this unwarranted, unprovoked war criminal attack from Russia. Let's all realize who the bad guys are in this scenario. Uh, point two, John, as I look at how the war is unfolding, it's kind of a war uh, with two different parts to it, a tale of two wars, if you will. One is the ground war with which Ukraine is winning, and they're winning because their soldiers are fighting harder, because their cause is just, because the United States and NATO are providing them significant military assistance. The Russians are losing because their cause is unjust. Their soldiers know that. Their motivation is low. They're stupid on the battlefield doing things like using their cell phones, which are easily tracked, and they end up being targeted and killed. So the land war, John, I would score as going in favor of the Ukrainians. On the other hand, the second war is an air war. This Putin is winning. And he's winning because he's got more jets, he's got more cruise missiles, he's got more drones, many provided by the Iranians. So when I put it all together, I think we're going to continue to see conflict. Uh, it's going to be uh, not exactly a stalemate, but I don't see either side having a breakthrough moment, at least through this winter. And I think, unfortunately, John, the first chance we could get to a negotiation is going to be after the winter the Russians will be burned through and exhausted, losing so many men, so much equipment. And on the Ukrainian side, um, the, the pressures from the West in order to avoid further cost, I think, are going to become significant. So when I put it all together, more war to go. Ukrainians winning on the ground, Russians winning in the skies. Um, let's all push for a negotiation sometime mid-2023. How is it affecting uh, supplies in the European community uh, with, uh, with that conflict going on? The Europeans are holding together pretty well. 
Um, they were impacted when Russia shut off uh, gas and oil. The Europeans actually sanctioned them. Um, therefore, the Europeans had to scramble to find other sources of energy. That's actually turned out to be good news for the United States as we export liquefied natural gas to them. Um, but the Europeans are holding together and are contributing significantly to the Ukrainians. The U.S. has put about $30 billion into this conflict. The Europeans have put about $20 billion. We need to pressure them to match up with us, but it's a significant contribution. They're holding together pretty well. All in all, if I were Vladimir Putin, I'd be worried about European unity and also U.S.-European uh, ongoing coordination through NATO and the European Union. Is it affecting our military supplies uh, for if there's a future conflict? It is, John, and that's an excellent point to make. We are uh, using a great deal of our spare ammunition. Now, we hold back our absolute war necessity ammunition, our cruise missiles, ATACMs, Patriots. We hold back what we need to conduct uh, significant conflict. We're always prepared to do that. But we normally have uh, a cushion. We normally have spare levels of those kind of munitions. That's what's being uh, devoted to this cause in Ukraine. I think it's a sensible use of those resources, but we do need to uh, encourage our defense industrial base to step it up. We know how to do this. We did it in World War II. We know how to produce an awful lot of military material if we have to. And I think this is something that enjoys bipartisan support. I think it'll be funded and we will restock those surplus cushion ammunitions in the year ahead. Now, we talked about Russia and Ukraine. And well, that takes us into China. The relationship between China and uh, Russia, uh, is it getting closer? Is, it, uh, is China being apprehensive? Give us your feeling of how China is thinking right now. Yeah, when we say China, of course, and you know this well, John, we really mean what is Xi Jinping thinking? Because he is an absolute ruler of China. He's consolidated his power he was uh, given a, a third five-year term as the absolute leader, the helmsman, they call it, of China. So what is he thinking? I think if you're Xi Jinping and you're looking at this Russian debacle in Ukraine, don't forget, Ping, Xi Jinping was told by Putin, I will be in Kiev in five days. Well, we're now in day 328 of this war with no success in sight for Russia. So if you're Xi Jinping, you're asking yourself three questions. One, are my generals as bad as those Russian generals appear to be? Number two, I wonder if those uh, Taiwanese would fight like hell the way the Ukrainians had if I made a military move on Taiwan. And number three, you're thinking, boy, those sanctions that have been dropped on Russia – that doesn't look like a good deal, especially when my economy is struggling coming out of my failed zero COVID policy. So that's a long way of saying, John, that Xi Jinping is not impressed with Russian military capability, not impressed with how this Ukraine war is going. And I think he is maintaining his distance from Vladimir Putin. Doesn't mean he's walking away completely. 
But certainly I would not categorize those relations as getting closer. A lot of skepticism from the Chinese about what's happening in Russia. And now the the big picture, you once wrote a book about uh, uh, that there's going to be an armed conflict between China and the United States by 2034. Uh, give Give us an update on what you think. Yeah, the book is called 2034, A Novel of the Next World War. And and you're exactly right. It's set in the year 2034, and it's about uh, potentially a war between the U.S. and China. Here's some good news. I think that the chances of the U.S. and China stumbling into a a full-scale war like that have actually diminished a bit over the last year or so. And partly it's because of Ukraine, because uh, the Chinese watch – how, how badly that's unfolding. It makes them, shall we say, less enthusiastic about pushing forward into a conflict with the United States. Um, let's face it, uh, China is one issue that there's Republicans and Democrats agree we need to meet the challenges of China. I think that creates a deterrent effect. So overall, I'm cautiously, and I underline cautiously, uh, more optimistic than I was two years ago when I wrote the book. We'll see uh, how all that unfolds in the next year or two, John. I will tell you, in in 2023, I feel good that you're saying that, uh, and uh, there won't be a ground war between the United States and and Russia, and and I believe it'll either be an all-out war or nothing. I mean, uh, and I'm glad to be... I don't think there'll be an all-out war like you do. I'm feeling better about the U.S.-China relationship than I have in the last couple of years. Let's hope it continues. If we're going around the world, the other hotspot is Iran. Yeah. How? Tell us about Iran. Is, is, there, is there anything closer to sanity uh, than uh, what's going on there? No. I think events are not moving in a good direction. Um, in the sense that these protests, which are heroically led by women and girls, began as a protest against their having to wear these hajibs and the behavior of the morality police who would go out and authorize that kind of behavior. Um, The protest began about that, but now they have moved on to protesting in general against the lack of democracy, the theocracy of the Ayatollahs, the repression in the society. So the good news is these protests are continuing. But the bad news, John, is the Ayatollahs are starting to crack down. They're starting to execute young people who they've rounded up on the streets. Uh, They've got the Revolutionary Guards, this paramilitary force going after the protesters. So I think long-term what you're seeing is the instability in Iranian society. But unfortunately, I think in the short term, you're going to see the Ayatollahs uh, crack down even more harshly. Last thought here, John, often when a regime is facing internal protests and uh, feels the population peeling away from its authoritarian base, often in cases like that, dictators theocratic leaders like the Ayatollahs, they lash out internationally. They try and create some kind of an incident. So watch for Iran to perhaps capture a tanker. Uh, Watch for them to uh, conduct some kind of clandestine attacks against Israel. Watch for them to perhaps use drones against the Saudi oil fields. Um, They will try and 
uh, rally their own population by creating international incidents. So overall, I'm pessimistic about the situation in Iran and looking for, unfortunately, some, some more turbulence in the Middle East as 2023 unfolds. Well, Admiral, Happy New Year. And uh, I hope uh, in 2023, common sense prevails in the world. And, uh, and, uh, and I hope to talk to you and see you soon. Sounds great, my friend. And we talked about a lot of dangerous thing happening, but let's also be proud of the fact that we're Americans. We have our disagreements and our challenges. We're still the greatest nation on earth. We're going to meet these challenges successfully. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. God bless America. Thank you.